Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. We're here again, third episode. You know, we're moving and grooving. And, uh, you know, once again, I want to say thank you to everybody that's rocking with me. So let's jump right in to the first segment, This Day in Hip Hop and R&B. So there's a little bit more going on this week for this day in hip-hop and R&B. You know, last week, you know, it was slim pickings. But, you know, we've got some interesting things that happened on August 12th in the past. Um, So we're going to start things off. In 1978, the Commodores, classic R&B group, um, their single, Three Times a Lady, started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart. And it became Motown's biggest British selling single. An interesting fact about Three Times a Lady is that Lionel Richie, who was one of the co-lead singers of the Commodores at this time, um, he actually wrote the song about his love for his wife, his mother, and his grandmother, hence the name Three Times a Lady. thought that was a very interesting fact. So moving along, we're going to stay with Lionel Richie because in 1984, Lionel Richie performed his hit song All Night Long to close the 1984 Olympics to a TV audience of 2.6 billion people. So if I was Lionel Richie, I would be running to play the lottery with some sort of combination of the numbers 0812 whatever because he's had some great success uh, on this day in multiple years in the past so moving along in 2006 Latoya from Destiny's Child who you know many people might not even know because when people think about Destiny's Child they think 
Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams. But actually, LaToya Luckett um, was with Destiny's Child when they made their first two albums, and she won two Grammys with them. Um, So in 2006, on this day, LaToya Luckett, six years after being dismissed from Destiny's Child, was number one on the U.S. albums chart with her debut album, LaToya. So... You know, she was out there showing that she didn't need Destiny's Child to be successful. And I believe her second album actually got to number one on the Billboard's, like, R&B albums and 12 on the top 200. So Latoya Lucky was out there winning. And uh, I think she had a decent career as an actress, too. So shout out to her. Um, Finishing up the segment... Uh, with the birthdays in 1963, Sir Mix a Lot was born. Enough said, enough said. You know, Baby Got Back is one of the most classic hits, you know, in hip hop. So, shout out to Sir Mix a Lot for being born. Shout out to his parents as well. Um, so, that wraps up. This week's segment of This Day in Hip Hop and R&B, I'm excited to see what happened in the past uh, next week. (laughs) That's a weird way of saying that, but you feel me. Um, So we're going to move right along into the next segment. So the press play segment this week is full of interesting releases and information in general in hip hop and R&B. We're going to start off with how we've started it the last two weeks with an update in the Meek Mill and Drake controversy. So things are kind of dying down, but not too much. Um, Meek Mill has kind of been throwing shots at Drake while Meek Mill is touring with Nicki Minaj. Like he'll be performing and he'll, you know, drop a freestyle, quote unquote, um, taking shots at Drake. So one interesting one was this past week, um, he was in Philadelphia, and he had an interesting freestyle, and he took a lot of shots at Drake. Take a listen. I've been looking on the motherfucking internet, and I've been seeing a lot of niggas agreeing with fake, busted-ass niggas. If you're from Philly and you work with me, Millie, make some fuck. So Meek is trying to save some face because as we all know, Drake has been pretty much winning this war. Um, So Meek takes some shots. You know, it's not bad, but you know, it's not really enough to really change the outcome of things. But he said some other things toward the end of this freestyle. He said, 
when you were still out in the field toting them glocks. Man, he was still with wheelchair Jimmy rolling them blocks. My mama used to hold them Berettas when it was hot. Yo mama used to peek out the window and call the cops. So, you know, he's, he's trying to get his pin game up because Lord knows, no pun intended, uh, his first disc was weak. Um, so this will make things interesting. Um, Drake has already hinted um, when he was at the LVO Fest, his hometown festival he puts on, hinted that he's got another disc waiting in the wings called Three Pete. He hinted at it. So if Meek Mill keeps things up, Drake might have to release that. And who knows, it might be the final blow. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But that's all the updates I have on the Meek Mill and Drake beef. Um, Moving right along, ASAP Rocky and Tyler the Creator are going on tour. Um, It's going to be really exciting. It's called the Rocky and Tyler Tour. Tickets are already on sale. I'll put the link in the description. Um, But it's going to start September 19th in Massachusetts. Um, They're going to hit up New York, New York on September 22nd. Head to Philly on the 23rd. Hit up Clarkston, Michigan on the 26th. Going to be in Chicago on the 27th. Going to hit up Morrison, Colorado on the 30th. October 2nd, they're in Houston. October 8th, they're in New Orleans. October 9th, they're in Dallas. That's all the dates they released so far, but they have said that more dates are to come. They're bringing along Danny Brown and Vince Staples. So this is going to be an amazing show. All four of these artists can really put on a great performance. Vince Staples is coming off the release of his debut album, Summertime 06. Haven't heard much from Danny Brown, but, you know, he might debut some new stuff at these uh, venues. Tyler, the Creator, released his album Cherry Bomb in March. And ASAP, of course, recently released his album at Long Last ASAP about a couple months ago. So it's going to be an exciting tour. I've already got my tickets to the Chicago show. um, And I'll definitely be letting you all know how that concert is. If you don't go, so get your tickets. It's going to be a good time. Okay, so Chance the Rapper and Lil B, they were rumored to be working on an album, and this project has surfaced. Uh, Chance and Lil B put out a mixtape called Free Based Freestyles Mixtape. So basically, it's a mixtape where they're just freestyling, like completely off the top, whatever comes to their mind. They've even got some featured freestyles um, and they're just freestyling, having some fun over some dope beats. And it's actually kind of dope, mainly because it's so organic. Um, I think they had just, you know, met up and, you know, decided they wanted to do something. And then they came up with this, you know, it wasn't planned. It was spontaneous. You know, it's not bad, and I don't really like Lil B. I'm going to be upfront, full disclosure. I don't really like Lil B. Um, as far as rap goes, I don't think he's that good. I, I think he's pretty bad, actually. But, um, you know, he has a huge following. Huge following. Um, you know, you could say thank you, Bass God, to, like, 
maybe 50 random people on the street. And I would wager a guess that at least 25 of them have heard that phrase or know what it is. So he's got a big following. Um, and I didn't mind what he did with Chance. You know, you know, it was it was a pretty cool project, something to give both of their fans to hold them over to whatever comes next. Um, so it's it's pretty dope. I recommend it. I'll put the link in the description. Check it out. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, so coming up next, Mac Miller has announced a new album and a tour. Now I'm pretty excited for this because, you know, Mac Miller has really changed my mind about him in the past few years. He, you know, when he came out, I thought he was going to be a Wiz Khalifa type rapper where he's just rapping, you know, nothing of substance, you know, rapping about getting high and, you know, party songs and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I didn't have much faith in him. And then he dropped his album, Blue Slide Park, his debut album. And, you know, I, I wrote him off, you know, in my mind. I was like, don't really care that much about Mac Miller. But then he released Watching Movies with the Sound Off. And that was the album he released two years ago. Same day J. Cole released Born Sinner. Same day Kanye released Yeezus. He wasn't scared to put his album out on the same day as the heavy hitters. And he did pretty decent. And the album was really good. I was surprised. You know, I listened to it. And I was like, this is a pretty good album. And then he dropped Faces, a mixtape, um, a little bit later. It might have been the next year. And that was really good. And then I started to look at Macmillan. I'm saying, man, he's doing creative things, unique things. You know, I think I'm about him again. And so now he's kind of been locked away. We haven't really heard much from him. And he recently announced that he's releasing his next album called Good AM. And it's going to be released on September 18th. And he released the first single from the song, which is called 100 Grandkids. It's a dope song. Mac Miller is rapping his ass off. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's a pretty dope beat. He released a video at the same time, and the video is very creative. He's got some, you know, kids doing like a stage play and that type of stuff. And it's very unique. You know, Mac Miller's doing his thing. So I'm excited to hear the rest of this album. I think it's going to be very good. His last two projects have been pretty amazing, so he's got to keep up the streak. So he's also going on tour. In support of this album, two days after it releases, uh, the tour starts in Pittsburgh on September 20th. It's going to run for a little bit less than a month, a couple weeks actually. Um, It's going to end on October 4th in Berlin, and he may drop some more uh, dates. Um, But tickets are available at MacMillersWebsite.com. I'll put the link in the description where you can get tickets and everything. But yeah, I think the tour could actually be very exciting. Um, He's cool with a lot of other rappers, so the surprise guests at that tour could be pretty great. Um, So if you're in Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, or New York, which are the U.S. um, tour cities you might you're going to want to go to this tour 
Same for Montreal, London, Brussels, Paris, Berlin. Hit it up. Um, Moving right along. So, The Weeknd, who has been having a great year, released the track list for his new album, Beauty Behind the Madness. Now, The Weeknd has been, you know, all over the place. He was on the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack with Earned It. Um, he released Often. Can't Feel My Face is blowing up. The Heels, dope song. He's on stage performing with Taylor Swift. The Weeknd, I don't know how he did it. Because when I got into The Weeknd, you know, he was just a guy that was like mysteriously releasing mixtapes on the internet. Dope mixtapes. You know, had a huge following. And then now, you know, he's blossomed into this like mainstream artist who hasn't done anything to change his style, but everybody knows about The Weeknd, you know? So his second studio album, Beauty Behind the Madness, is coming out August 28th, so very soon. And he released the track list. Um, It's 14 tracks, you know, a few of them we've heard already. Often the Hills, Can't Feel My Face, Earned It. All songs that are on it. Um, But it looks like it could be a very interesting album. The only features he has are Labyrinth, Lana Del Rey, and Ed Sheeran. So it'd be interesting to see what those features sound like. I think The Weeknd has him to put up another great album. Kissland, his debut studio album, was one of my top three albums the year it came out because I thought it was just pretty amazing. So I'm excited for the weekend's album. Um, hopefully it's pretty good. So this was some interesting news. Sci High the Prince, which I know none of you all know. Not none of you. A majority of people don't know who Sci High the Prince is. Hence this news. So Sci High the Prince is an artist that signed to Kanye's good music label um you know he's a dope lyricist but nobody really knows about him because he hasn't put out a debut album yet and you know the most people have heard of him mainstream is when he's been featured on like a Kanye song you know um but he's got bars he can rap very good with the bars now he released a song called Elephant in the Room and in the song he disses Kanye and good music. Hey, yeah, do you know what it feel like to really be signing you in real life? Have you ever wrote a song and you know you about to say something wrong, but you're still right? I hope when I'm done that we still tight. But why I wasn't on the cover of the complex? You must have seen what I did to Funk Flex. Yeah, show my nigga, but I'm coming up to Sean next. Set the fuck down, Mr. West ain't done yet. Why you in your little Lambo on Sunset? I'm round with a gun next to me and it sounds like a little boy playing with a drum set. Huh. And they hold a hundred rounds. Cause when you come around, niggas put the gun you down. You be found on the other side of town. So what, nigga? So, Sci High is taking shots at Kanye. Basically, he's upset that, you know, Kanye hasn't spent the time on him and his career that he's spent, you know, on Pusha T or Big Sean. Um, And I can't say he doesn't have a point. You know, it's been documented that it's like, you know, Kanye 
hasn't been the best label head. He hasn't really pushed, you know, the promotion and, you know, just the overall, you know, help, you know, that these artists would need as far as we can see, you know, as far as we know. You know, maybe what he does isn't public facing, but according to Sci High, you know, it's not, you know, it's not Sci High facing either. Um, so he's upset, you know, and I think he has the right to be. But, you know, I don't know if this is the way to really air out those aggressions. You know, the rest of the song, he takes like an Eminem type spin and, you know, he's got Kanye locked in the trunk and he talks about, you know, harming his wife and kid it's just like ah, this you know this may not be the best route to go down maybe just talk to the dude um but then and i don't know if i believe this or not but sci high tweeted out a couple days ago that he wasn't actually dissing kanye west he's just that good he was saying that basically he was trolling everybody and it was just a joke and that Kanye's his brother so that's why he can do a record like this he even goes on to say that Kanye gave him the beat and the concept and he played it for Kanye before he released it i don't know and then he he says respect the art it takes a genius to no one yada 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 It just seems like a lot to go through to promote whatever he's about to do. He's got an album coming out soon, or so he says, called, you know, L.I.O.N, which stands for Like It or Not, and I guess we'll be the judge of that. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't really like this publicity stunt. Some some are nice, but this one just seemed weird. And I'm not even really sure if it was. Maybe he's backtracking. I don't know. It was weird. But if I were anybody, this doesn't really make me want to go listen to Sahai's music now or get this album if it's released and when it comes out. So, yeah, weird stuff coming out of the good music camp. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So, Diddy, a.k.a. P. Diddy, a.k.a. Puff Daddy, as he's going, I guess, in this specific stage of his life, um, he's releasing a new album. It may be his last album. It's No Way Out 2. It's going to be a sequel to one of his most, you know, classic albums. Um, So, Puff Daddy's back, and he's got a new single, Finna Get Loose. Finna get loose. Now it's a real catchy song. Diddy went all out. So the video for Finna Get Loose was just released via Apple Music uh this past week and it is live. Diddy got Hype Williams to direct the video. It's full of dancing, it's got some Harlem shake, it's got some Diddy Bop going. Pharrell is featured in the song, and he and Diddy go very well together. They work very well. Um, Pharrell's in the video, you know, rocking out on the mic in front of a crowd. You know, everybody's dancing. It's a pretty cool video, and Hype did really 
well directing it. Um, it pops, you know, off the screen. Visually, it's just very cool and fun to look at. And the song is fun. You know, it's a nice summer song. Um, so I'm interested to see how No Way Out 2 works out. Because, I mean, this song alone is already a far departure from what No Way Out was. Cause, you know, and times were different, but it's a different sound. So I'm interested to see what Diddy can do you know, nowadays, because it's been a while since he's had an album. So check out the Finna Get Loose video. I'll put the link in the description. It's definitely worth a look. It's pretty dope. So finally, to wrap up the press play segment, we're going to talk very shortly about Dr. Dre's new album. I told you last week he was dropping his last album, Compton, a soundtrack by Dr. Dre, inspired by Straight Outta Compton, the N.W.A. movie that is coming out this weekend. And the album dropped last Friday, um, and it is pretty great. So, like I said, it's feature-heavy. Every There are so many songs that have at least two people on it. I believe the only song that doesn't have a feature is the first and the last song. But Dr. Dre made it work. You know, he's a classic, he's a great, and he did what he does best. He produced a great album, and, you know, the people he chose to do it with were top-notch. Everybody held their own, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very good album. Uh, he somehow, and this is weird because the last album he came out with was... In 1999, when he released his 2001 album. So, it's been a while since he's, you know, released an album. And somehow, this album sounds so modern. And, I mean, that can be, you know, attributed to the fact that he has these features and, you know, these great rappers to go along with them. They helped make it a modern album. But the production... You know, you would never guess that it's been 16 years since Dre put out an album. It's flawless production, and every every feature had a purpose. And, you know, he even managed to keep the West Coast sound on the album, and that's probably because he had some of the best West Coast artists on the album. Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, you know, Corrupt game you know he had some of the best west coast artists on the album with him so that definitely helped take it up a notch it's a great album a lot of great tracks definitely a good album to bump as summer's coming to an end dr dre did his thing you know for making a name of you know having this detox album that was never going to be released in everybody's eyes you know, after making two great albums, to now come back with a very, very good album. You know, kudos to Dr. Dre. You know, I'm happy for the man. I hope the album does, you know, numbers. You know, I hope he gets a lot of success from it because he deserves it. It's a good album. So check it out. Compton, a soundtrack by Dr. Dre. You're going to want to get this album. So that concludes the press play segment for this week. You know, there's a lot of stuff that went down this week. I'm glad we could get through most of it. 
Um, check the blog, Hope for Hip Hop, for anything that we might not have gotten to. Um, HopeForHipHop.org. But now let's move on to the final segment of the episode, the Dig Deeper segment. So for this week's Dig Deeper segment, I'm going to explore what's been going on with Birdman and Lil Wayne. So let's get into the podcast's second edition of Where's the Beef? Where's the Beef? So Birdman and Lil Wayne have known each other for a long time um, and have for a long time been associated with each other. So the fact that things have gotten so bad and that they are pretty much at war now, you know, has a lot of people wondering what is this coming from? Like, what possibly could have happened for Birdman and Lil Wayne to be, you know, this angry at each other? So, you know, you just got to ask. Hey, where's the beat? So before we can, you know, really discuss the current beef between Birdman and Lil Wayne, we've got to do a history, you know, of their relationship. So let's get into that. Uh, Cash Money um, was founded by Birdman and his brother Slim in 1991 um they signed little wayne to that label in 1995 now you know a couple years later little wayne joined bg and juvenile and they formed the hot boys and that's when cash money really took off um they began to have a lot of individual success and as a group um they were putting out some really good hits So, in 1998, about a year after they formed, Cash Money got a $30 million deal from Universal Records, um, a pressing and distribution deal, and about, I believe, $3 million up front. So, then they began to have lots of success. Um, In 2005, Lil Wayne started the Young Money label, which was an imprint of Cash Money. At this point, Birdman and Lil Wayne are really close. Birdman starts to refer to Lil Wayne as his son, like he'd do anything for him. They are tight. So that's when in 2006, the infamous picture of them kissing on the lips, you know, got out there and everybody was like, what? You know, like these two grown men. Just kissing on the lips, you know, no big deal. Um, but in the rap game, it was a huge deal. But they, you know, they didn't think anything of it. They were just like, yo, it's just what we do, you know, showing love, you know. It's my dad. It's my son, you know. Um, so, you know, it was kind of weird, um, obviously. Um, but, you know, Lil Wayne and Birdman began to have a lot of success. They released an album called Like Father, Like Son in 06. And that was the album that had one of their most famous hits, Stun Like My Daddy. So yeah, Birdman and Lil Wayne, you know, got real close, got real successful, real rich. Um, A year after they released the Like Father, Like Son album in 07, 
uh, Wayne was made the president of Cash Money and the CEO of Young Money. Um, but he stepped down as president to focus on music. And at this time, about six months later, he re-signed with Cash Money, um, saying he's going to release his next few albums through them. So then Cash Money really started to blow up. They began to sign artists like Freeway, Bow Wow, and most notably, Drake and Nicki Minaj. Um, lots and lots of more success because of Drake and Nicki Minaj. Um, and then more recently, in 2013, Rich Gang was formed, which was basically you know a combination of Cash Money and Young Money. And just so you know who else was on Young Money, so Young Money is like Drake, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, Tyga, Gutta Gutta, Mac Main. Um, you know, those are some of the main ones. Um, so yeah, Rich Gang was formed, which is a combination of Cash Money and Young Money. Um, and then they released an album called Rich Gang. And they began to become associated with artists like Rich Homie Quan and Young Thug, who are not, you know, signed to the label. Young Thug's got a management deal with them, but they're not, you know, signed, signed. But, you know, Rich Gang had a lot of Rich Homie Quan and Young Thug in it. So in December of 2014, this is when things got weird and unexpected. Lil Wayne tweeted that his next album, The Carter Five, would not be released because Birdman was refusing to release it. And he said he was being held prisoner at the label. And that, you know, Birdman and Cash Money, you know, they've been withholding money from people and not paying everything that they should. And he wants out. So he tweeted this, and, you know, everybody's surprised because we really had no idea of any, you know, turmoil between the two. So then he released Sorry for the Wait 2, you know, which was a sequel to Sorry for the Wait, which was a mixtape he came out with um, before he released the Carter 4 because of all of the delays to that album. So he released Sorry for the Wait 2, and on that album, he dissed Birdman and Cash Money some more. He said some things like, no more cash money, just money. And they don't call me Junior no more. They call me the number one stunner. Which alludes to, you know, he used to go by Birdman Junior. Because, you know, you know, Birdman said that's his son and whatnot. Um, and Birdman, one of his most popular nicknames is Stunner. So, you know, Lil Wayne's taking some subliminal shots. Not so subliminal, you know. Um... And then things get worse. A month later in January, Lil Wayne sues Birdman and Cash Money for $51 million. Saying it was the money due to him by his album being withheld. You know, this is due to the delay of his album. He really wants out of the label. He says all this, you know, publicly. He's tweeting all the time about it. You know, he's going on stage at shows and talking about, yo, I don't care about cash money, like, they screwed me over, all of that type of stuff. Um, says that they mismanaged their artists and everything like that. Um, then there was an incident where he was, you know, in the club performing, 
And Birdman and his crew were, you know, dipped off to the side. And as, like, Lil Wayne was performing, somebody threw some bottles at him from possibly the direction of Birdman and them. Lil Wayne gets upset. So things are escalating very quickly. So then in June, a couple months ago, Lil Wayne joined Tidal, Jay-Z's um, streaming service. He joined Tidal as an artist owner, and he released the Free Weezy album. You know, Free Weezy from Cash Money, essentially. And he released it exclusively on Tidal, which is a thing that Tidal is all about, and we'll get into that in a future episode. Um, but he released it exclusively on Tidal, and now Birdman is suing Jay-Z and Tidal for the album because they say Cash Money owns all the rights to Wayne's music. So Wayne supposedly, you know, agreed to let Tidal stream his Free Weezy album if he could become an artist owner. But Birdman's like, uh-uh, we own his music, so we're not about that. So then things get a little bit more crazy and I really didn't think he'd get any crazier so back in April Lil Wayne's tour bus was shot up after he was performing um I believe in Atlanta he was traveling back to his hotel his tour bus was shot up so now prosecutors are saying that they believe the shooting was orchestrated by Birdman and Young Thug what so and once again, Young Thug is one of the people associated with Rich Gang. And he's started to have his own little beef with Wayne. Because, you know, while Wayne's Carter 5 album is being delayed, Young Thug, you know, released a project and he called it the Carter 6. So obviously, Lil Wayne is, you know, taking some offense to that. And they kind of went back and forth, but then it kind of simmered down. But now they're saying that, you know, Birdman and Young Thug tried to kill Lil Wayne? And the gunman who shot up the tour bus, his name is Jimmy Carlton, he is Young Thug's tour manager. So there's like a whole indictment saying that Birdman and Young Thug were involved in, you know, trying to murder Lil Wayne. Like, this is getting too real. Something we need to slow down. What is happening? So, you know, this hasn't been resolved yet, but this, you know, just gives you an example of how crazy this beef has gotten it's gotten dangerously crazy so now you know things still haven't been resolved the carter five has not been released wayne is still unhappy then birdman recently sat down with angie martinez the radio host to do an interview she came to his house um you know, to do a you know one-on-one interview to address all of the things that have been going on, because really Birdman hasn't really been talking about it, and Angie Martinez asked the hard questions. But pretty much all we get out of the interview is Birdman, you know, saying, "No, you know, everything's good. You know, that's my son. You know, I love him. I do anything for him. You know, that's my son. I do anything for my family. You know, and if he wants to go." You know, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to stand in his way. You know, that's my son. He keeps saying that over and over. That's my son. And, you know, I'll let you take a listen here. But Birdman, you know, 
seems to have a different idea of what's going on in this situation than everybody else observing the situation. Take a listen. I was asking you how many kids you had. You still include Weezy yeah. as your son. Yeah, definitely. And so without knowing your side of the story, and I guess we'll talk about a lot of this stuff, but like, where is your relationship with him now? Because I wouldn't expect that. I would think it's gotten so bad that, nah, you know. Wait, I, I talked to my wife forever, my son. That ain't gonna change no matter what. I did that. He, you know, we did that. We did that as my son no matter what. Mm. Um, I think what's going on is just some business. And, and my, my perspective is I'm gonna do whatever he wanna do. But he's still gonna be my son. Ain't nothing gonna change the fact that he's my son. No matter the... I want him to make the decision that he want to make and whatever he want to do with this game because I brought him in this game. I took us from nothing and turned us to something. That was my decision from the top to do this. And he took it and brought it to another level, which that was something he's supposed to do as us being a team. I put the brain game together. He put the, you know, the, the rap and whatever came with that. But at the end of the day, no matter what, he want to do it. I'm with it. That's my son, I love him to death. He got my blessings, and I'm gonna support him. It don't matter what he chooses to do. That is so confusing to me. It's so confusing to me as well, Angie. Um, I'm not gonna play any more of the interview just because it's not the best quality because they're pretty much on his boat, you know, just having this conversation. But basically, Birdman seems really confused. He's saying, you know, he goes on to say in the interview that, you know, things haven't gotten bad. Angie asks him, like, what happened that it got this bad? And he's like, well, I mean, I don't think things are bad. He's like, you know, that's my son, you know, you know, we cool, you know, and I'm not going to stand in the way. If in the end he wants to leave, you know, I'm not going to stand in the way of that. But Wayne does want to leave. He said it multiple times. And you are standing in the way of that. But Birdman doesn't seem to see it that way. He's just like, that's my son. And you know, people say things to the media, but behind closed doors is different. But I just don't think that's the case. Something, Something's off here because Wayne is very publicly saying, get me out this label. They have, they're messing with my career. Um, I want out. And Birdman's saying... You know, if he wants out, you know, at the end of the day, I'll let him do that. But he's not doing that. And he keeps saying, you know, that's my son and everything and that he'll do anything for him. But he's standing in the way of that. So it's it's just very confusing. You know, he denied, you know, the whole throwing bottles at Wayne while in the club. He basically said that he was in his own zone and, you know, he, he don't know what happened, which just seems a little weird. And, you know, Angie notices all of this. She's as skeptical as I am. It seems that, you know, Birdman is ducking, you know, all the questions. And it doesn't make any sense. One question he did not duck, though, is when asked about Wayne wanting to take Nicki Minaj and Drake with him when he leaves. Birdman said, no, that's impossible. He said, they're not going anywhere. They're they're staying. (laughs) So he's pretty sure about that. Um, but you know, I just don't understand how it got this bad. And I think there's something else behind this because all of this craziness, like murder and like throwing bottles and like suing each other for large amounts of money, there's something else behind this, especially because of how close these two guys were. 
there's got to be something personal that happened or is happening that caused it to get this crazy. I just can't see how their relationship deteriorated so quickly in front of everybody. You know, and this, you know, tell-all interview that Birdman did with Angie didn't really tell anything at all. You know, he's, you know, seems kind of, you know... I don't know, delusional. Like, it's like, how do you not see what we see? You know, if everything you said was true, you would be doing what you could to get Wayne out of the situation. But, you know, I'm not really sure what's happening. So that's where things stand right now. You know, Wayne is still out there. His album has not been released. And Birdman is still thinking everything's all cool, chilling on his boat thinking that him and his son are on the best of terms. He was like, yeah, I talked to him yesterday. I talked to him all the time. We're good. But, you know, that's not what Wayne is saying. So, you know, I'm interested to see what happens next. You know, I hope this beef deteriorates a little because it kind of can't get any worse when you have one member being indicted for trying to murder the other one. Now, I hope that, you know, that's a misunderstanding and that's not actually true because if it is, you know, things are just going to get, you know, ugly from here. So I hope this beef kind of fades back. You know, everybody needs to just, you know, chill with this one. This is an example of a beef that is not good for hip hop. You know, like nobody needs, you know, two artists, you know, physically trying to take each other out not that Wayne has done anything he's honestly the victim in all this and then again maybe he isn't we don't know what's happening behind the scenes but you know for the sake of hip-hop and for the sake of these two artists I hope they can work this out um I will certainly keep you updated if anything new arrives and if the Carter 5 ever sees the light of day like this is just like derailed everything Wayne was planning. He was he wanted to release the Carter Five as possibly his last album. Maybe he one more. He talked about having two albums, you know, in the wings. Um, but he wanted to release these and then retire, you know. But now, you know, he can't even release this last album. Like this is holding everything back. I don't understand it. You know, a lot of it seems petty. And Birdman's needs to wake up because this is getting real. So I'll keep everybody updated on the beef between Birdman and Lil Wayne. But that's the history of Cash Money, Birdman, Lil Wayne, and the beef that they've got going on now. That concludes the Dig Deeper segment this week. And that concludes this episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Once again, thank you all for supporting you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TOTB, the podcast. You can hit up the blog at hopeforhiphop.org. And if you've got any suggestions, comments, anything, you can email me at thinkingoutsidetheboombox at gmail.com. And once again, please, if you like what you hear, rate, subscribe, review the podcast on iTunes. I really appreciate it. Um, Keep listening. We're going to come back 
next week with another episode. I'm excited to kick it with you all. I thank you all for listening to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.